0: The convincing visual evidence of Bigfoot is a film taken by Roger Patterson in Northern California. Dr. Krantz believes it to be authentic. I've examined the film many times, uh, watching it forward, backward, stop framed, measured, and everything. And all of the anatomy of the creature is perfectly consistent. It does, just simply does not fit with a man wearing a suit. In fact, a suit of that size, we can establish exactly how big it is. There's no way a man could fit into it. The shoulders and chest are simply too wide. The feet are um, properly designed for carrying that kind of body weight, and uh, that doesn't make any sense uh, unless you've got a body of that size. And Patterson uh, could not have faked any of this stuff. I talked to him about some of the things I saw, and he didn't even understand what I was talking about. And welcome welcome to Sci-Fi Guy uh, tonight, welcome to Squatch Guy, that's right, and you were listening to the great Leonard Nimoy in one of the greatest In Search of episodes, In Search of Bigfoot, and then you heard Grover Krantz, the scientist, discuss the Patterson Gimlin film and how it could not be a hoax, that nobody... (laughs) No man, or he'd have to be a very, very large man, could get into any suit. And that, my friends, is the topic of discussion how the Patterson Gimlin film, though often attempted to be debunked, has yet to be debunked. And I'll just go over some nice uh, opinions of mine, some theories, some contributions, some observations about the Patterson. Gimlin film. So a brief little recap for you guys out there um, for the actual Patterson Gimlin film. PGF was shot in 1967 in California, Northern California. It was filmed alongside an area called Bluff Creek, and that's a tributary of the Klamath River, northwest of Orleans, California. So that area, very rural Certainly, at the time, is where Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin filmed something, and the official wiki it says it's an unidentified subject that the filmmakers have said was a Bigfoot. Well, they saw certainly they saw something. <laughs> they claim it was a Bigfoot. So, um, and the footage clearly shows something, and everyone has an opinion, and some people think it's um, as fake. As a big fat snake, <laughs> as fake as a unicorn, and then other people are like, you know what, that's real. You couldn't fake it. And right in the uh, the official here, it says it has since been subjected to many attempts to authenticate or debunk it. So that it's really interesting. It's never been truly authenticated, nor has it been truly debunked. And shortly after the film, only four years after the film, uh, Roger Patterson died in 1972. Bob Gimlin, um, his partner on the shoot, and a friend, is still around, and he maintains that it is still true and real. It says he's always been denied, uh, Gimlin has always denied being involved in any part of a hoax. He did not, this is Bob Gimlin, um, he mostly avoided publicity. And ever publicly, publicly discussing the subject from the very early days until about 2005 when he finally started giving appearances. And as we heard in the beginning from that In Search of episode, Grover Krantz, who is now dis- deceased as well, he was a cryptozoologist and anthropologist um, who did believe in, uh, in Bigfoot. And he was, uh, he wrote, 10 books on human evolution authored over 60 academic articles. He conducted field research in Europe, China, and Java. He was a member of Mensa, the highest IQ society in the world. So you're talking about a pretty respected and influential, um, researcher and scientist. Um, sadly though, I guess, um, a lot of his colleagues criticized him when he started to talk about Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, he was really one of the only ones back then. Now we have Jeff Meldrum and Dr. Jeff Meldrum of uh, Iowa State University, I believe, and we have others. But back in the early 70s, um, a couple years after the uh, Patterson-Giblin film, it was really only Grover uh, Kranz. So Grover Kranz was the only professor or scientist that was, you know, sort of backing up. But w- one of the only ones, C- certainly probably one of the most prominent. And I think what's notable Perhaps most notable about Grover Krantz is in the beginning after he'd seen just a still, uh, you know, a still shot of Patterson Gimlin from the Patterson Gimlin film. It had appeared on a cover of the magazine in 68, a year after it was filmed. It says here, Krantz was skeptical, believing the film to be an elaborate hoax, saying it looked to me like someone was wearing a gorilla suit. At the time, I gave Sasquatch only a 10% chance of being real. After years of skepticism, Kranz finally became convinced of Bigfoot's true existence after analyzing evidence. And this was called the Cripple Foot, or these are plaster casts of something called the Cripple Foot, sort of like a crippled uh, footprint. Uh, Kranz later studied the Patterson-Gimlin film in full again when he first thought it was a hoax he had only seen a still shot just a just a photo he later studied the Patterson-Gimlin film in full and after taking notice of the creature's peculiar walking gait and anatomical features such as flexing leg muscles he changed his mind and became an advocate of its authenticity so here we're here we have some someone Grover Krantz, who was a scientist who was a professor and he didn't believe it at first. He just saw a photo, you know. And I think that's one of the things that many people who are, you know, disbelievers and, and, and you know they want to debunk and skeptics they they might just see a photo of the Patterson Gimlin. Maybe they they see a full um, video. I mean the 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 movie is only fifty nine seconds, just about a minute fifty nine and you know, sec, uh, 59 seconds, point, you know, maybe point five. So maybe it's just, just about a minute, just under a minute. So depending on where, when you see it and what you see it on. As a kid, I watched back in the day, the In Search of episode. And that's what really keyed me into Bigfoot and Sasquatch with Leonard Nimoy. It was one of the most popular shows of the time. I must have been six or seven, thereabouts. And I was hooked. I was, you know, I mean, if, if if this you know presentation is as real as it gets, then there's got to be something to it. Of course, as a kid, you're going to be a little bit you know more willing to believe certain things. As I got older, as I read books and saw more documentaries, you know, because then I went through stage. Well, maybe it was fake, or maybe there's nothing there. When you really do the due diligence, and that's where the laziness comes in of most people, or, or they're just not interested. I mean, you don't have to be interested. Obviously, if you you guys are listening to this, you must be interested to a point. But I'm saying that a lot of times, no matter what subject, no matter what, you know, topic things are, you know, are, are coming into play, people don't do the due diligence. They don't do the work. They're lazy. Or, you know, again, they just don't want to watch the documentaries or read the books. Because when you do, when you see the dozens and dozens, if not hundreds to thousands of sightings of police officers and teachers and construction workers, there's so many examples, so many stories of loggers, you know, men who do the logging in the Pacific Northwest and wherever there's lots of timber to, to be, you know, to be cut down and and locked. And there's so many, I'd say at least a dozen or so where there's multiple witnesses because, you know, of of a Bigfoot, because you're dealing with men on a work crew that are getting up, say three or four o'clock in the morning, getting to their site five or six. So, you know, sometimes maybe even earlier, the point is these sort of twilight hours, these, these, Times where you know the sun is just coming up and it's still really dark, and you know, supposedly since we don't have a specimen, we can't say for sure, but all indications seem that this creature, if it does exist, is nocturnal. So if these men are getting to the worksite at three, four, five o'clock in the morning, it's still very dark, and so many times that's when they'll see. This creature staring at them, looking at them. There was an there was a incident where there was three, there were several of these creatures that were witnessed by the the main logging you know, foreman, the manager. Um it could have been, you know, seen by anyone, but he was the main guy who had dozens of men under him and he was a very responsible guy and one of the documentaries, if you can, you know, search out one, I, I highly recommend is one of my favorite is uh, A Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed, and there's one of the the locking stories is, is definitely there. All right, so let's get to the meat of our podcast tonight, right? Let's get to the core of my, my premise and my focus here is my observations about the PGF. And these are just, you know, my opinions, my observations. I'm not a scientist. I'm not... Grover Krantz revisited, I'm not Dr. Jeff Meldrum's assistant here I'm simply um, a, a, an interested party and someone who's you know read many books on the subject and, and I've seen the Patterson-Gimlin film many many times alright so the PGF the PGF is a short film again 50, 59 seconds a minute and there's a famous, the most famous moment pretty much is, um, they've named it because it comes from the actual frame of the film, is frame 352. So, why is it so famous? Because, you know, we begin the, the film as the creature, as the subject is walking away, walking, you know, the two, the two friends, uh, Patterson and Gimlin were on horseback. So, when the subject was sighted, roger patterson horse roger patterson's horse went sort of crazy and sort of flipped and he was thrown off it and i think the horse actually came down on him he wasn't hurt at all but he had to scramble to get his his camera his uh, camera was a kodak k100 which is one of the best well you know from back in the day 16 millimeter it was it was a really good camera and if you look at the um The summary, it says the K100 was adjustable, had adjustable frame rates from 16 to 64. These cameras were intended to cater to the advancing amateur movie maker, making them well-built and reliable. So, you know, they were good. They weren't the pro-pro cameras, but they were really good for amateur and maybe indie filmmakers. So Roger Patterson picked a really good camera and more on that later. So let's get to 352. So 352 again is this creature, this subject turning around. So very quickly, maybe, maybe a second, it turns and, and it looks at Roger Patterson, looks at the camera, so to speak, as he's filming it. So this is my observation. And it's, it's twofold. It's a dual observation it's, and they're connected. First and foremost, if you and again, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, whomever, uh, was going to perpetrate a hoax, you knew, yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna be making millions. They never did; they never made much money. Certainly, um, Bob Gimlin made nothing. Supposedly, Roger Patterson made some money. Fine, but so again, this is pre, you know, um, or, or yeah, pre the uh, release to the world. So they're filming, say, pretend they're filming the hoax. Let's just pretend that, right? Go with that so they have as i said a kodak k100 which was one of the better film cameras it wasn't a true pro you know uh uh, you know hitchcock wouldn't be using it at the time certainly but it was good enough for true amateur filmmaking or indie filmmaking now roger patterson could have gotten a lesser you know quality camera and if you're going to do a hoax, I would imagine if you have a cheap costume, as as the hoaxes, you know, the the debunkers and the skeptics are saying, you'd probably—I think I would—I think most people would get a cheaper camera, so that the you know the resolution, the, the final product would not be that high high res, so you couldn't distinguish much detail. And well, what is that? Okay, so you know that's. Again, another, another theory of minor observation. So, and why is that so important? Because in frame 352, the famous turnaround, you have the creature looking right at the camera. And again, if this is a hoax, then your cheap gorilla suit your cheap Bigfoot suit would be seen by a really good camera, a sixteen millimeter. Now, true, it is a, a bit a pretty long distance in a way. So you say, say he fr- again, you know, frame this and, and and um, you know, did the whole hoax and, and planned the whole hoax, so it was it was a, a long distance, right? Well, he might not have been a big filmmaker, certainly not an expert. He but he knew even back then, of course, you can blow up. Photos and stills, as people have done, and if it's a sixteen millimeter, and if it's a really good amateur camera, good enough for independent movie making, you are going to get a really high res uh, photo. You know, now again, in terms of actually making that, you know, shoot, you are not going to do retakes, right? I mean, if it's real, <laughs> if it's a real creature, if it was a real squatch, then there is going to be no retakes, right? You couldn't do a retake if it's a hoax. You could get it perfect. You know, you could do all these planning and rehearsals. But to my, to my eye. And even some of, I think, the skeptics, you look at that, and if that's hoax, that's really well done. The camera shakes, the horses, all that sort of chaos, and then about 59 seconds. Now, 59 seconds in full, but you only get maybe, I don't know, 25 or 30, because then as it goes out of frame, as this creature, this subject, goes out of frame, it goes behind trees, so you really can't see it that well. So, you know, say you get 20, 25 seconds, maybe of usable. And in the beginning, because the horse was, you know, rearing and and collapsing and, and going wild, that's all shaky. You can see nothing of that really. So again, you're, you're left with maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 seconds if you want to look at frame by frame. And again, if this was a hoax. And you had a really good camera, as Roger Patterson did, you'd want your sub you'd tell your actor, oh, remember to turn around for that money shot so we can see the cheap mask. I don't think so. But you know, sure, why not? Maybe maybe he did do that if it was a hoax. All right, and now this is the same sort of logic, the same reasoning here with the the frame 352. What Is the creature quote unquote doing now again? If it is a hoax, then you say it's the money shot, right? This is the big, you know, moment that that Roger Patterson wants the world to see. He wants to see, he wants us to see his, his big cheap gorilla suit. So turn around. So we get the money shot and a really good camera high res. Okay. So if that's the case, then it's a hoax, but if it's not a hoax, and it's of all things lately, you know, when I'm taking a walk, I'm walking down the avenue here, walking to the store, I see a lot of stray cats or or maybe they're, you know, they're they're just cats, neighborhood cats, house cats. And they invariably react to the walking, to you walking up behind them by running away and then turning quick and running just like the Bigfoot. It it was eerie, literally the same. Okay, fine. It's a cat. I I understand the difference between a cat and maybe an eight hundred pound gorilla creature, right? But what I'm saying is, when when a creature, when an animal is spooked and it's scared, it starts to kind of maybe run, and then it will turn around to make sure you're not pursuing it. That's that fight or flight, that animal instinct, and we've got it too. Like, say you're on a dark street and you think maybe someone's you know behind you, following you you'd look around, you'd turn around. Again, if it's a hoax, Roger Patterson is like, you must do that. You're my actor. We want that money shot. We want people to see a cheap suit and a cheap mask, of course, with a good camera. No logic at all, but okay. But if it's not a hoax, then that animal, then that creature is turning around to make sure Roger Patterson and his buddy, Bob Gimlin, are not following. And then they had two horses too. So that you have four creatures, four um you know living creatures maybe chasing down the Sasquatch, and yeah. the squatch is like, "Who the hell are these people? Who are these fuckers? I gotta make sure and tag them and track them that they're not they're not pursuing me all right, so the k one hundred the the uh you know the kodak one hundred, the camera, the sixteen millimeter, and again, I'm emphasizing this because we can talk about prices and You know, rentals. Again, this was a rental. I can't remember for sure what the, the, you know, the price was, the rental fee, but it was fairly, you know, fairly high. It was fairly high. In fact, because he was late in returning it, um, the the store the camera store called the police and had a warrant out for Roger Patterson's arrest. And again, so so to me, my mind is you're you're doing a hoax again. These 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 debunkers, these skeptics, you're going to do a hoax. So what you want to draw more attention to yourself by not bringing the camera back and having a warrant out? Okay, you know again it is what it is for whatever it's worth. It sounds. Really kind of dumb. I think Roger Patterson probably got so excited because he got the footage and he was just losing track of everything. If you're hoaxing things, it's all planned out. So you know that this is hoax. This is bunk. This is bullshit. So you're not going to be that excited. But if you're really excited thinking you've got this real creature on a, on footage, You'd probably lose your head, too, and not bring back the camera for whatever it's worth. But again, um, talking about the the quality of this camera was not something that the great filmmakers of the day would be using, true, but it was something that amateur or indie filmmakers would use, really good quality and high resolution. And if you were to do a hoax, you'd want that or you'd want something cheaper and blurrier, and lower resolution, so that everyone would be like, "Well, we can't be sure. It really kind of does look interesting and good. We don't have that much detail with 16 millimeter, with the blow-ups, with the zoom-ins, and you know, even even for the technology of the day today, we have digital. We have you know supercomputers. We can really stabilize this and and analyze it. But even in '67, when you did you know blow-ups in the development uh, you know lab." In the dark room, you could get really big, high res f- photos from a camera like that. He'd do that for a hoax? I don't think so. What do you think? All right, now we come to the 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 hoaxers, or I should say, right? I should say the potential hoaxers. Now, there's only one name for sure that I remember connected that said they were part of this hoax. They were the man man in the suit. His name, he's passed now, Bob Hieronymus. And fairly large guy, but I don't think he was even 5'11 or 6 feet. I think he was 5'10". Which is astounding in its silliness to me because the creature, no matter what the subject, if it is a hoax, the guy in the suit, let's say it's a hoax again, right? So the guy in the suit, when they do the mathematical, um, you know, calculations, this is National Geographic. Now, you know, many shows and many outlets, the BBC did one as well. And they're not saying it was real or not. In fact, National Geographic came, I think, to a conclusion that it was most likely real or they couldn't believe it. They couldn't prove it was a hoax. So whatever was on that footage was quote unquote real to the point of the measurements. So I'm pretty sure they said the measurements were almost eight feet tall, seven and a half feet, well over seven feet. So you've got this Bob Hieronymus, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was maybe five ten, maybe five eleven. So not even six feet. So you're talking about well over a foot and a half. They'd have to somehow make up what putty or or padding in the in in the gorilla in the mask, or maybe he had big you know platform shoes so i guess so a, a shorter guy has platform big shoes and he's walking that smoothly because one of the things that's really interesting about the film and i've watched it so many far too many times okay hundreds probably and if you look on youtube you find many stabilized there's a great guy mk davis and he's stabilized and and you know re- uh, remastered so to speak the the film and you can see how just how smoothly this creature, this subject, this man, whomever it is, is walking. So, again, we're led to believe someone who's under six feet tall, that the National Geographic special said this subject, this person, or this creature had to be well over seven feet tall. And if he was to ha- attain that height, he'd have to use, you know, big elevator shoes, big sort of, uh, you know, clumps like wood 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 clumps uh, under, you know, stompers, I guess they call them. And so there's another interesting variable, uh, another interesting element of the film. And to lend, I guess, even more credence to the um, authenticity, perhaps doesn't prove anything that it's it's a, a genuine Sasquatch Bigfoot creature, but not just Bob Hieronymus. There's been at least 10 We're talking 8 to 10 to perhaps 12 people, independent of each other. They didn't know each other, saying they were in the suit or they perpetrated the hoax. So again, what does that tell you? This is something where people want to sort of, you know, associate with it. They want to glom on. They want to, you know, ride the coattails in some way. And also, if I recall, Bob Hieronymus, I think he came forward in the mid or late 80s late 80s the film was made in 1967 so he comes 20 some odd years later to finally said yes i was the guy i'm kind of short i'm certainly not six i'm certainly not seven feet tall and to attain that i'd need you know big clumpers and big platform shoes but that was me that was me and supposedly he had some connection with i guess roger patterson though roger patterson's widow and, and Bob Gimlin and everyone who knew, you know, Patterson and Gimlin says Bob Haranops was not a friend and he was not connected. So the, I guess the best way of saying it, they said he probably was just this quote unquote, you know, gold digger, so to speak, trying to cash in, uh, and pretend he was, uh, the guy in the, in the suit, you know. I mean, again, no one can say for sure if he was or not, but, but no, no suit was also showed. So again, he, you have this guy who's saying, well, I was in the suit. I guess maybe Patterson took the suit back. He's trying to say, but, and no photos, nothing, no proof. Just yes. I definitely was, I was definitely in the, in the suit. What's another interesting thing is if you're going to do this big hoax, you're not going to rehearse. So there was no rehearsal. There was no maybe even photos taken or nothing that says we're going to do this. This is important. We're spending a lot of money. We want to make money of this hoax, but nothing was just shot instantly was shot with no rehearsals. Boom. Just one take. Pretty unlikely. And one last uh, tidbit one last uh comment on Bob Hieronymus, and this is the guy who said he was in the suit. I think they said uh, he was paid a thousand. He said he was paid a thousand dollars, which back in sixty seven, which would be, I guess, close to nine, ten grand today, which I'm pretty sure Roger Patterson was broke barely had enough money to to rent the camera. So but um what's really interesting is I guess you can look this up um on YouTube or wherever you can look up a BBC program. I think it was called the X Factor or something, X Bigfoot. And Hieronymus is Bob Hieronymus is interviewed and one of the things he says, I guess when the BBC reporter, when the show you know journalist says, um, why did you wait so long? Why are you, why are you doing this? And I think he says something like, cause everyone else has made some money out of it. Let me make some money. It's real. So that's, you know, that is what it is for whatever it's worth. And I think finally, to me, one of the biggest, you know, supporting elements of this. And again, it makes no um conclusive conclusion that this is real. You know, because I'm even open to the fact that maybe Patterson-Gimlin footage was somehow hoaxed or, you know, it's not real. Uh, Bob Gimlin, who's the, uh, you know, the partner, and Roger Patterson is deceased now. He is, by all accounts, his friends, his, his associates are just such a really honest guy, and he's never, ever tried to really exploit or make any money. Um, you know, I guess he's gone to conferences. Maybe he has made something, but but he still denies any type of hoax, any sort of uh, collaboration or fabrication of this. And what's really interesting is some people say, well, maybe you know Roger Patterson did the whole thing with Bob Hieronymus and the suit and you know hoaxed and said, come on, Bob, come along with me, you know, uh, Bob, uh, you know Bob Gimlin and help me out. Well, the only problem with that that I can see and. Pretty sure you can look it up. Bob Gimlin had a rifle. Uh, they, I guess they both did, but you know, Roger Patterson had the, the camera and he was being, you know, really focused on that to try to get some footage before they even saw the creature, you know, before the subject came into view. So you have, um, if this is, you know, the case, you have a guy perpetrating hoax on his friend, not telling him, then the guy, you know, Bob Gimlin has a rifle. So at any time he could just shoot. The the creature, and obviously he'd kill someone if it was a guy in the, in the, in the suit. So it's really pretty unlikely. Um, and then I guess people, some people say, why, why didn't he shoot? I think it happened so quickly, and of course he wanted to get the um, you know the footage. And I guess you know Bob Gimlin didn't want to shoot this you know this creature. I can't say for sure what his you know. His reasoning or his you know his answer to that is but i would imagine he was just maybe he was just so awestruck as well looking at this you know this creature for only a minute and you know barely getting their bearings because the horses were rearing so he saw maybe maybe he really saw for 30 40 seconds and uh so there you have it um you can Guys can watch, you know, the PGF once again <laughs> compete compete with me for how many record breaking times. Um, I I just think it's fascinating too. If it is a hoax, and this is what I've always you know looked upon as well. Is it's so well done. So you keep watching this and the really clear stabilization. Because back in the day, it was very blurry. You you just couldn't see it. They didn't really have the tools, the digital tools, the computer programs. And you would see it. I would see it in like a little black and white TV or maybe a 20 inch. Now I have a 44 HD screen. So I can see it in in really amazing resolution. HD on it large screen and when you see the the muscles and this is what blows people away when you really look at it you see muscles and the and the and things rippling under these the hair so if that's a costume there's no way you could replicate it you certainly could try if you have maybe a lot of money you know today or or back then maybe if you had tens of thousands perhaps not gonna happen with roger patterson right And even, even in some of the less, you know, HD, you can see the, the thigh muscles, the back muscles kind of near the butt, near the neck, and it's just rippling and moving as an organic creature would. Even, even the back of the neck when you, when it turns and it's, you know, walking away. To me, it reminds me of when I've gone to zoos and you see a gorilla in the zoo, like those silverbacks, the really big apes. It looked to me, it looks exactly like that, so. Well, there you have it. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoy PGF. Go and take a look. You know some of the thoughts and observations we uh, we brought up tonight. That there's a lot of people saying that they did it. There's a lot of people that have no proof. Um, there's a this famous moment when it's turning and it's just so much like sort of a, a scared cat, a dog, an animal thinking it's being pursued, and you you would turn someone, you know. You think something's in pursuit to be dangerous to you. You're going to turn around. And if you're hoaxing, if you're hoaxing that, highly doubt you do it. In fact, some of the hoaxes that you have seen, you know, if you look up some on YouTube, you always see something running away. You never, ever see it turn because the, the, the cameraman and the director, because it's fake, because it's BS telling his actor in the suit, don't turn around. We don't want everyone to see that cheap-ass mask we have, because we don't want real detail. We just want to see the back of you fleeing away. That's a hoax, not so much with PGF, or at least it seems that way. Again, thanks for listening. Subscribe if you have not. If you have, great, but we have the paid people, the $4.99, or the free as well. You get both, but you have a little bit more exclusives with the 4 dollars Keep on listening, keep on subscribing, and keep on watching PGF, because I'm going to watch the Patterson-Gimlin film yet again tonight, probably. We'll see you soon.